from the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a Monday Night Sports Talk. Indeed, we are in downtown Champaign at the Esquire with you until 6 o'clock tonight. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, wide awake and ready to roll. Bob Ostmuston here with us as well, Ed Bond also, and the phone line is open, 356-9397 if you'd like to join us. Jay Lehman will join us in a few minutes here on stage at the Esquire. Pretty busy day in sports for a Monday. Major League Baseball hammers the Houston Astros. The Illini hit the top 25 in the AP poll. Kofi Coburn is the Big Ten Freshman of the Week. And what else is new, right, Matt? <laughs> exactly. It's the, the sixth time that the, uh, the big man for the Illini has, uh, has won that award. But uh, like you said, Steve, the, the big news of the day for the Illini is that they're, lo and behold, they're, they're ranked in the top 25 again. Uh, Scott Ritchie, who's our AP voter uh, at the News Gazette, actually did rank them in his ballot. So please cheer him. Don't boo him tonight. And uh, Illinois checks in at 24. It's the first time they're ranked in that poll since December 1st, 2014, which I think was 1,869 days ago. My math serves me correct. Correct. Um, it just goes to show you what a difference a week can make. Uh, you know, beating Purdue at home and then winning at Wisconsin this past Wednesday night, and then eking out a win against Rutgers on Saturday. And as Scott writes in, in Tuesday's News Gazette, the the key now is to hold on to that ranking. In essence, don't lose to Northwestern uh, this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, and beyond the Northwestern game, which should be a win because. The Wildcats uh, are not very good this year, but the next six games after that are maybe the most pivotal of the season for Illinois, and, and they have you know, a chance at five more uh, quadrant one wins in that, stra- uh, in that span, and you know it's against teams they've beaten before, and Purdue and Michigan, um, at, and then two teams maybe they are looking to get a little uh, redemption for, you know, having lost by one at, at Maryland, and then well, by more than one, quite a bit more than one at Michigan State. But it's you know, a big stretch for Illinois, and you know, if they win enough of those games, I mean, could vault up even higher uh, into the top 25 because the last time they were ranked in 2014, they were ranked for a week. And then they, they lost that, that same – well, the next day after you know, being ranked, and then that next Monday they were out of it, and then here we are what, six years later, and <laughs> it's the first time they've been ranked since. Well, those two games, the two most recent games, are two games they probably would have lost last year, the game at Wisconsin, and then the game at Rutgers. That, that was just a, a slobber knocker for anything else I could come up with, but that was just one of those tough games. That's a good way of saying it was bad offense. Yeah. Well, good defense. I mean, I voted Illinois number 25 on my ballot uh, eventually. It took me a while to get there. Yeah, how much did you go back and forth on this, Scott? He didn't really sleep much last night trying to make this decision. I, I was, 
submitted my first ballot at 12.30 this morning. And he can vote early and often as an AP yeah, voter. Uh, and it was about three hours worth. Trying to, and that was basically just trying to figure out the bottom six teams. And then did it three more times before uh, the ballot closed at, I think, what, 9.30 this morning. So uh, my, my really my one concern is Illinois – I'm not sure they can shoot very well. Uh, but if they continue to play defense like they have, at least recently, can overcome sh you know shooting 28.6% in a game and still win, uh, which they did against Rutgers. But, I mean, they had to make shots late to beat Wisconsin. They're going to have to make shots uh, a little more consistently to beat you know, the other teams that will come up in the Big Ten. We've got the phone lines open. Let's go to the phones now. Carl is with us. Hey, Carl. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Well, I was just thinking. I was thinking last week. Uh, they list uh, the guys listed all the offensive, several offensive players on the football team next year, but they forgot about talking about Luke Ford. And right. I was wondering. I was wondering if he was even still on the team. He's definitely on the team. He's a guy that they really are going to count on this year. He's one of Bob's Heisman front runners for no, 2020. That's not true, but he's going to be an important guy. I think their receiving core is going to be critical to have him and, and Daniel Barker back playing well, getting out there in space and making plays. I think that's going to happen. I think the receiver core will be better. I think I wrote this, I think, last week. Uh, Brandon Peters has a chance to have a really nice senior year because he's going to have a lot of help with him. So, but I think the tight ends, Carl's right, are really important. And I think uh, Luke Ford is going to be critical. It would have helped them have him this year, but he's back next year. I mean, are tight ends that important? Because, I mean, Daniel Barker obviously caught a very important pass Correct. against Michigan State. But uh, historically, Illinois has not used its tight ends. And Rod Smith has kind of been in the same boat as other offensive right. coordinators. And then, you know, they, you know, a guy like Matt LaCoste goes to the NFL and is still playing, yeah, has a good career after maybe not doing much at Illinois. So I think Luke Ford could be important, but depends on if Illinois kind of changes his spots a little bit and actually starts utilizing Here, his Here's the solution. Just change his position. Just call him a wide receiver. Well, Don't call him a tight end. Slot receiver, yeah. Just He's a very get, big get, slot receiver. Get in the ball. Just get in the ball. I think the guy has shown in practice what we've watched. He's got a great skill set. So – if you don't get him the ball, you're making a big mistake. Anything else, Carl? Well, I, I just want to say I hope they get a uh, uh, defensive line coach who's in his late 30s, early 40s coming up because I think you need somebody who's been around the block a bit so he can develop some of these younger defensive linemen. All right, we appreciate your call. Thanks for taking time to do that. The uh, okay, NCAA championship game, the college football playoff game is tonight, LSU and Clemson. Which brand of Tiger do you like, Matt Daniels? Uh, I, I'm being a contrarian and picking the defending national champions to, uh, to win another national title. Uh, I think by saying that, though, I have completely jinxed Clemson and LSU is going to win probably 55 to 20. Uh, but I like Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. I like Travis Etienne in, in the backfield. And... The, no, the odds say that Joe Burrow is bound to have a bad game at some point, even just a bad quarter maybe, and that might be all the difference. But uh, hopefully it's just a good competitive game. 
throughout, unlike last year's national title game that Clemson easily ran away from Alabama. And uh, it's, it's a virtual home game for LSU, which could be a good thing and a bad thing maybe. Just all the distractions they've had to deal with in the last, what, 16 days since they, they've won the semifinal. So I'm, I'm going Clemson tonight. What say you, Bob? Oh, he's wrong. He's no offense, Matt. It's all right. Bob, Bob releases his way too top early top 10 uh, in tomorrow's paper, and he's Correct. got L- Illinois in the top 10. I so. do not. That's not true. But I think, I think LSU normally is – I might say, yes, you're right. They could have a, be set up for a, a loss. You know, all, the, all things seem to be in their favor. But I think the reality is they're just better than everybody else by a long ways. They have, didn't play – I think they play Ohio State in this title game is a close game. I think the fact that it's going to be Clemson. Clemson has done a lot. They were defending champs. It's not the same team as last year. They lost a lot of guys from last year. Trevor Lawrence is really good. His help is good, but his defense is not as good as they were a year ago. So I think I think LSU should win this game by two or three scores. I think, too, if you're just picking on potential hype videos for the game, uh, what LSU has rolled out you know, this last two weeks is mighty impressive. If those of you who haven't seen it, check out – LSU's football Twitter because they have The Rock narrating the hype video for tonight. They had Anthony Mackie uh, last week, John Goodman a couple weeks ago. I mean, it's like Oscar-worthy cinema that uh, they're putting out before the game. Well, I mean, I'm going to say go Tigers, but my go is spelled G-E-A-U-X. Did you work on that all day, Scott? Yep. I was ready. I was ready for the question. I agree. Sorry, Matt. No, it's fine. I, I totally expect to be wrong, so I just... I think there's something to be said for actually playing a game and having that experience, and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I, I, for just pure entertainment sake, I hope LSU wins and Ed Orgeron just goes crazy. After I was going to say that. I can't wait for the post-game interview. With I'm not going to be able to understand a word he says, Either but way. he's just going to go bonkers. He's like, uh, I joked about this with Scott, he's like Farmer Fran from The Waterboy. So it reminds me of. So I made that the nicest way as possible. I love our farmer friend, but that's what our Jordan is. We'll talk more about that game tonight. Some more football, some more basketball. We, if you have a question here at the Esquire, let us know. Raise your hand. We'll get a mic around to you. The phone line is open. On Monday Night Sports Talk, we're back with more in just a moment. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS with the News Gazette Media Sports Writers. Live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. With you until 6 o'clock tonight here on DWS, Monday Night Sports Talk at the Esquire. Jay Lehman, former Illini All-American linebacker, has joined us. You heard the vote up here a little bit ago before the break. 3-1 to one, uh, in favor of the LSU Tigers. Where do you stand on this game tonight? Yeah, you know, I, I go back and forth on it, but I, I'm, I agree that LSU is a better football team. Uh, a, th- a couple of things you got to factor in there. It was a war against Ohio State. I mean, that was and, and, and oh, Bob, you watched a lot of football. You Correct. see, you see guys just. I mean, they were hitting in that oh, game, oh, and oh, it, it yeah. was a bloodbath. Guys getting hurt probably every five or six plays. Oh, yeah. And I think Dabo was quoted saying, "Our coaches are sore after that game." I mean, right. it was it was that bad. And I think what we saw th- this makes a difference. You look at what Ohio State had to go through the last three games of regular season. They had to play Penn State. They had to play Michigan. Um, they had to play another good team in there as well. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe Michigan, not Michigan State. But they played three, two or three good teams, right? Oh, they played Wisconsin, the Big right. Ten Championship game. And what ends up happening is their quarterback gets banged up. 
And I don't think Justin Fields was 100% healthy. We saw in the red zone, he barely ran the football. In the games they wanted to really win, he ran the ball 15 or 20 times until he got hurt. And what we see is teams let their star quarterback run late in the year to win games. We saw it with Trevor Lawrence. We saw it with Justin Herbert in the Pac-12 championship and in the Rose Bowl. I think that'll be the difference here. Joe Burrow is a guy who hasn't run that much, but he has some athleticism. Right. And, of course, uh, Bob, I read your article on Coach Mack maybe 10 or so days ago. Really, co when Coach Mack, you know, recruited me. I played with Drew McMahon, his son at Rantoul. I'm pulling from them, him as well. He's a special teams coach at LSU. Right. Yeah. That was long-winded. No, Sorry. No, you're <laughs> fine. Uh, just in terms of tonight's game in particular, I yeah. guess, what does Clemson have to do in order to even try to slow down that high-powered LSU offense? Well, Brent Venables is a huge scheme guy. I call him a kitchen sink coordinator. He throws everything in the kitchen sink at you, right? I mean, that's what he did against Ohio State. I thought Ohio State would win because I thought they were better in the front seven than Clemson was. Clemson lost three first-round draft picks last year. Bob, you alluded to that, right, on right. the D-line. But they've schemed it up so much that the, the center for Ohio State was quoted, man, why get prepared for Clemson? It's like studying a different language. There were so many different looks they would send out. And then um, Simmons, the linebacker, do they actually call the guy a linebacker? Is he a defensive end or a safety? I don't know. But he can, they can do a lot of different looks. And so they're going to throw a lot at Joe Burrow. Um, I, I still think that, that LSU is a better football team, specifically in their front four and the defensive line. I think, that's, I think they're pretty equal all around. Receivers, they got playmakers. Running backs, they got playmakers. Quarterbacks, they got playmakers. But the defensive line for LSU, I think, is better. Their receivers are out of this world. They've got – so All many. these receivers are this in this game. Right, but the LSU's, LSU's guys are they got too many. Yeah, they, Chase, Jefferson, too these many guys, guys they Clemson is gonna have a hard time stopping all of them. What what's interesting to me is, you know, here's a guy in I think it was uh was it Jefferson that had four touchdowns against Oklahoma or something? I mean mm -hmm. I mean and some right. of these are some of these are wide open, but some of these are just circus catches. But what's interesting about Ohio State is they shut down T. Higgins and Justin Ross. Those guys have 21 TDs on the season, over 2,000 yards receiving. Right. I mean, but they shut them down. So on both sides, but you're right, Jefferson and, and, and also Chase, and, and, and I'm going to butcher his name, the running back, Claire Ed, Edwards Hilaire or whatever. Something, yeah. Right? He's good. He's a different back than ETN. He's healthy. But he catches seven or eight balls right. a game. They didn't really play that much against Oklahoma. So I think that's something to think about as well. And LSU had that really tough situation. In the in the bowl game, with the coach's daughter or daughter-in-law getting hurt, right. getting killed right before the game, right? And that you know, the how, way they managed that, well, I mean, it was amazing. Now there's been some time between the two. I'm sure that's you know that's going to be still in their minds, but right. also healed some. Yeah, no, I, I, I they managed that. Uh, they managed an SEC West schedule, which right. which Clemson did not. Right. Um, so I think that's that's you know went went one at Alabama. With Tua, I think that's one of the better wins right. you'll have all year. Um, so I think they're ready on that regards. And, and, and honestly, they've got not only the quarterback, and, and you, you mentioned this in your article, you know, Coach O's been there with you know, Coach Carroll as far as how to prepare right. for big games. And so I, I think they've got to – but that being said, you look at these win streaks in college football. We go back to O2, Miami, Ohio State. That one came down to the wire, questionable – Questionable call in the end zone, pass interference. Ohio State wins. Came down the, the last big, they had 34 games in a row, Miami, right? right. Uh, USC had 34 games in a row, got beat by Texas, Texas. fourth down play by Vince Young. This is a team that has 29 victories in a row. They're not just going to lay down. No, I, I agree. do think they're outmanned a little bit, 
But it's going to be a tough game either way. Talking football with Jay Lehman, uh, you've had a little time now to look back on the Illini season, how yeah. they, they finished things up. They got to a bowl game, lost their last three games, including that bowl game. But right. as, as you look back on that season, how do you size it up? What, uh, what sticks out in your yeah, mind? Yeah, I think it was a tale of three seasons, really. I mean, you had the first six games, then you've got the four-game winning streak, and then you've got the last three games. And it, they, it's, what's interesting about football and college football is th these teams can look completely different, right? I mean, you put that – you put – the team that in the four-game win streak playing against Eastern Michigan and Nebraska, they win by two touchdowns. But you, you, you put, um, you put the, the Northwestern team out there. Uh, you know, I was chuckling because you guys thought Northwestern's not that good. Well, they weren't that good in football either, right? And so uh, we were talking about basketball. And you put that team, that, that team's 0-12, right? So uh, you never know what's going to show up. they got to get more consistent. We all know that every team has to get more consistent. I think offensively, they have got too good a line and too many guys coming back not to be dominant offensively. With Emmanuel Bebe coming back, hopefully Trayvon Sidney's healthy. Hopefully Ricky Smalling gets healthy. Uh, hopefully Brandon Peters can stay healthy. He's got to struggle with concussions in his career. Had one at Michigan. Had two this year. He's got to stay healthy. But I think the biggest hole we see is probably on the defensive line. This season we had some veteran players. We had some veteran players, and it was, we still struggled to stop the run. What happens when those veteran players leave? That's my big question because right. Batiku's left early, and now Jamal Milan's gone. That's big. Well, I guess since you brought up the defensive line, also lost their coach. Yeah. You know, Austin Clark taking the job in the NFL. Just what's maybe more important for Illinois in that position, to get a guy that recruited like Austin Clark did, who was probably with Corey Patterson their best recruiter, or maybe more of a Mike Fair type who can come in and mold a line that's going to rely on, I think, a lot of you – know, redshirt freshman to yeah. fill some holes well here's the deal i mean you're in champion illinois i love this town but as one coach always put it that i play for it's not about the x's and those it's about the jimmies and the joes right i remember him you remember that yes. right so we got to get players here here's the thing about austin mike fair great coach i think the the defensive line probably overachieved under him i liked him as a coach i think austin clark probably wasn't as great or as experienced of coach but a better fit for the college game because he was able, we don't go to a bowl game without Austin Clark. Because I, I believe brought all the Southern I, I Cal believe guys, he brought right. the Southern Cal guys. Right. The transfer portal was big, so I, I think what he maybe lacked in seasoning and experience, he brought with the recruiting. And it wasn't just those guys; he was a, he was a key recruiter on a lot of these guys that came in. And I think Lovey Smith, you know, had a ton of pro coaches in that initial staff. Realized, you know, I got to get some more recruiters. Right. Brought in Patterson, brought in Clark tweaked a little bit to help us with recruiting. I think he'll do the same here. Jay, you mentioned Brandon Peters and, and his concussion history. And yeah. As a former player like yourself right. who, who went through several yeah. concussions, what are the biggest obstacles in, in coming back from, from that injury at all? Well, I think it's really tough as a quarterback because so many of your hits are, are, are blindside hits and you don't know what's coming. I think as a, as a linebacker and a safety, for the most part, you can control when you get concussed or not unless you're on special teams, which is just a totally different – battle in itself where people are flying all over the place but the quarterback's in a vulnerable position anytime you have a quarterback that has two concussions misses games for concussions it's a concern for me from a health perspective you're one hit away from getting knocked out for a game and there is a there is a I'm, I'm not making any health predictions but for a lot of guys not talking about peters they have a certain amount that when they get enough enough's enough and so i want him right. to stay healthy I think we got to do better at picking up blitzes. At times, we really struggle with that, especially for our experience as offensive line is. 
And the most important thing for a quarterback is a good run game. Who's going to run the ball? You know, Jerry Brown's not coming back. Reggie's not coming back. I, I, I haven't seen Chase Brown in practice. I've, I've heard good things. Uh, Rayvon Bonner, I don't know if he's the guy you're going to hand the ball to 30 times. He has, he has the, the body for it, you know. Uh, you got Epstein, but can Epstein stay healthy? That's the thing. So, I mean, he's had three seasons and, you know, four and a half games on average a season. So, we got to have somebody to hand the football to because I think they have the whole offensive line to move it. If you're Levy Smith, wouldn't you go get a quarterback in the, in the portal just to cover yourself? Because, you, like you said, Brian Peters has had some injury issues. Wouldn't you get another guy who is experienced, doesn't have to be a great player, but right. somebody serviceable, somebody I, you're ready I, to play I, with? I definitely think you would, number yeah. one. I mean, great teams are deep at quarterback. I mean, two years ago, uh, Ohio State had JT Barrett, all-time offensive leader in the Big Ten, Dwayne Haskins, and Joe right. Burrow. Right. They were pretty deep, pretty I good, would say, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, they were pretty deep. So we got to get some depth at quarterback. I think the big wild card is Isaiah Williams. How, right. do, how does he develop, right? Nicked up this year. I'll give him a pass this year. Um, but has a full season under his belt, a spring. Is he a legitimate backup to Brandon Peters? Still, with that being said, we look at mobile quarterbacks. They miss at least a game or part of a game right. at some point. So you need a guy, and you look at Peters' history. He's been knocked out a game almost every year he's played. So chances are we got to have a good backup. Right. So I would agree with going to the transfer portal. In fact, I would agree with going to the transfer portal a lot when it comes to getting into people, a school like, like U of I. You know, we, we, since Mike White, and, and you would know this better than me, we haven't had a ton of success in JUCO transfers. No. We've had some. Antonio Steele being one, uh, Jihad Ward, you know. Right. Carol some Phillips. guys. We've had some. But I think the transfer portal for a school like Illinois is really critical. And so I, I'm anxious to see what they do in that. Going back to the uh, – Head injuries, concussions, targeting. Right. They were going to get that figured out. And what what is yeah. targeting, and is it does it need to come with an automatic uh, expulsion from the game? That's well, see, I, I'm not I'm not opposed to the rule of targeting. I'm opposed to the penalty. Right. You know, I've never thought that you get 48 guaranteed games if you stay healthy in college football. 12 games a year for four years. I know you get more now because the red rule, possibly 52. But the reality is this. You shouldn't be expelled for that half in the first half of the next game. I think it should be a 15-minute penalty box. Basically, if I, got, if I got something, you know, uh, in minute five, five minutes to go in the second quarter, I got to sit out for to minute five of the third quarter. And what that does is strategy now. Now, I, my top defender's out. Man, I, I've, I've definitely got to hold the ball more because my top defender's out. Number two, they said they were going to call offensive players putting their head down and bowling people over like this. They never call offensive players. They never call offensive players on a face mask when they stiff arm to a face mask. So those rules need to be adopted as well if you're going to play targeting. You can see I'm passionate about that one. And third, the one against Ohio State, I don't – I mean, I get that there is some targeting. Uh, everything has to be confirmed. Where that Sean Wade, he hits Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence then acts like he's going to go out of the game, you know, if he doesn't act hurt, that probably never gets reviewed. Well, he acts hurt. It's like Trevor Lawrence is out, and then the next play, he trots back on the field. Good job by Trevor Lawrence. Won an Oscar for that one. Those are my things, you know, that I, that I would change on, mostly the penalty to a player. And that was, that was just a good football play there. Oh, I thought it was. I thought, thank you. I thought it was a good football play, and here's the reality. You got a guy coming off a nickel blitz. He's coming off the edge. I got a quarterback standing like this. I know I'm not on TV, I'm on radio. I'm looking at Steve Kelly. I don't see the blitz coming at me right now. And then, right before I get hit, I duck down like this 
And now the defender's coming into my head only because as the offensive player, I ducked down into his plane. That is egregious they would throw a guy out for that. That's ridiculous. It was a good football play, and you could maybe have a flagrant or non-flagrant call. Right. Flagrant, you kick somebody out. That was a non-flagrant good football play, and that changed the game. They went to go score on that next uh, two or three plays later. So you can tell I'm fired up about that. They still don't get the rules right. I don't think Milo uh, – did Milo Eifler get ejected on that one? Or they, they, he didn't get ejected on the one in the bowl game, right? They get the shoulder pad on that, right? right? I thought that was a good call. So – you know, I'm all about not each I'm about keeping kids in the game. Thank you for the first ever visual demonstration on, on, radio. on the radio here. Yeah. That, we got a live audience, so <laughs> penalty, penalty box is a good idea. Oh yeah. I, I think that's I think they should look at that for a lot of things. If guys are you know, if you want to re- really change the game a little bit, if you get some kind of stupid celebrating call, maybe right. do that too. Ten minutes. You can't play it for ten minutes. Well, and it would Stop cu- doing it, that. It would cut it down because right now, what do you have? You have fif- a fifteen-yard penalty on the kickoff, right? Which that guarantees a touchback that already happens, yeah. right? So, right. I, I agree with that. I also don't agree with why do we have to make the player leave the field so he makes sure he doesn't come back on? Just take the helmet away, right? Why, why is the guy got to go sit in you know, right. detention in the locker room and not come back out and not be part of the team? I think there's a bunch of silly rules in the. That, that, that they have, that being one of the more silly ones out there. I also think, and this is another thing, I think they got to speed up the game. I'm not sure people, especially my generation, are going to watch four-hour football games. they got to do something right. to figure it out, to get it wins down. And I was watching the Citrus Bowl with, uh, with Alabama and Michigan. It's 10 minutes left to go in the first quarter, and there's been a half an hour of real time, five minutes of game time, and about six commercials. I'm like, guys... You just can't pill for me that much. Let's watch the football. NFL's got to figure it out. They got down to three hours for the most part. Sorry. What? No, I, I don't. I don't know what to follow up here with that. Uh, <laughs> impassioned defense. Well, um, that I want to change. That I want to change. <laughs> I want to change the playoff structure. I think it needs to be eight teams, all Power Five conference teams in, two at-large teams, whoever that may be, and then one Group of Five team. This year, that would have been Memphis. Um, I, I like that. I like eight, of course. Okay. But one thing I would like to do, I think the Monday night football title game is, stinks. It's okay? stupid. It's horrible. So I think what you need to do is you have the title game, 18 playoff, title game the week between NFC, AC championship games and the Super Bowl that middle week. Well, that, that's stretching out long. I'm sorry, but they got nothing to do. <laughs> they, they got nothing to do. So, I, so here's the thing. Week, because what it, what's up happening is – once the NFL playoffs happen, they have a moratorium based on Saturday and Sunday that they own Saturday and Sunday. Hence, the Monday night football s- slot is taken by national championship. What I would like to see is this. I would like to see Christmas, Christmas Eve. Man, we, we, we do the quarterfinals. New Year's Day, right. we do the semis. And then January 8th, we do the national championship. And, and I mean, does the NFL really need every slot on Saturday no. and Sunday? No. 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 So here's the deal. Play they, early. Yeah, exactly. Play I, Friday I, night. Yeah, they no try plans. to big boy the NCAA a lot and stuff, so that's tough. We're talking football with Jay Lehman. We'll try to get him fired up here after the break. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a dive out and be back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk. Any questions here, raise your hand. We'll get to you. The phone line is open, 356-9397. Another segment is ahead. Stay with us. You're listening to Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 with the latest news and insights on the Illini live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign. Welcome back to the show, everybody. It is 
543, Monday Night Sports Talk. Here at the Esquire, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, yours truly Steve Kelly, and Jay Lehman with you for another uh, 10 or 15 minutes. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Raise your hand in here. If you have a question, we'll get around to you. Coming up here, Jay Lehman, Big Ten football. Biggest surprise this season, was it Minnesota? I think you'd have to say Minnesota, you know. Third year under P.J. Fleck. Uh, I think p- most people have him as fifth or sixth. I thought Tanner Morgan was below average as a quarterback. Boy, I, I eat some humble pie on that <laughs> uh, because, you know, one of the more accurate passers. I don't think we realized how good their skill guys were. I knew Tyler Johnson was good. I didn't know Tyler Johnson was 12 catches and 204 yards against Auburn good in the Outback Bowl and Rashad Bateman. And, and, and credit to P.J. Fleck. I want to see how they bounce back next year. They had some great senior leadership on that with Rodney Smith, with, uh, with Tyler Johnson, and their defense. They're starting front seven and six or seven guys, in, 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 you know, as seniors. So that was the biggest surprise. I think Wisconsin bouncing back. People kind of forgot about them, right? That down year, they bounced back. That was a bit of a surprise. Um, those are the ones that come to mind as far as being bad. I think Northwestern and Nebraska surprised how bad they were. Indiana back on the Illinois schedule next yes. year. They, they're coming off a pretty decent year themselves. You got to give credit to Tom Allen. You know, last two years, I don't know about this year, but the last two years are the highest rated recruiting classes they've ever had since they've been ranking them. And what you saw was their ability to finish games all came down to they had better depth, they had better special teams because, you know, Ohio State always has great special teams. Why is that? They got four- and five-star guys that only play their first three years on special teams, right? And so what they saw is you got better and better, got a chance to do two or three of their games, Love Tom Allen as a coach. I think he's a really good fit for what Indiana has to get done. He's a hometown, uh, you know, home state guy. And, you know, they're a pretty good football team. Six months or so from now, the everyone will gather in Chicago for Big Ten Media Days. Right. What's going to be kind of the buzzword? What's going to kind of be the storyline for the Illini when they go up to Chicago at all? Well, I mean, if I look at this team, right, I, you got to say with everybody that come wanting, coming back, how do they not win seven or eight games unless the defense is just atrocious? We've got experience at we got experience at linebacker, at defensive back. We've got experience on the offensive line. Exper- we actually have a start a returning starting quarterback. It's weird. I mean, it never happens. We got some receivers, but I know other programs are getting better, but other programs are digressing. I think they could beat Nebraska. I think they could beat Purdue. I think they could beat Northwestern. I think at times you thought they could have beat Iowa this year. Right? Uh, I, can they beat Minnesota? Shoot, I, I, they could beat Wisconsin this year. They could beat Minnesota. So it can happen. They just got to put it together. And I mean, as many seniors as they're going to be next year, not to look super far ahead, but that's what I almost prefer to do. Uh, <laughs> how important is it to maybe shore things up with maybe some transfers with a couple years like Josh Matterbaby, Brandon Peters, where there's not this cliff coming in 2021 where you just graduated 35 seniors, and what's well, next? Well, I mean, Steve and, and Bob have been covering Illinois for, for years. I saw this YouTube clip in 1983 of, of Steve Kelly doing news. It was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It was just – I was like, wow. It looks good. the same. It was really That was scary. before I was born, and this guy was just <laughs> slaying it on Channel 3. I was like, whoa, Steve Kelly. He's got game, folks. Um, but they will tell you this. The pattern since I've known Illinois is you get a coach. He changes the program around by playing young players really early. You're really bad for the first year, right? And then they turn the corner, whether it's Mike White or whether it's Ron Zerker or Ron Turner winning a Big Ten championship, going to the Super Bowl in, in 2001. And then those seniors leave. 
The question is, have you recruited well enough on the back end and sustained your coaching staff on the back end enough to continue winning and not have a colossal Illini cliff? That's what it's been, right? Y'all heard of, you know, the Illini cliff, which just drops off. We can't have that. We might go down a game or two, but you got to stay competitive. 2001, 2021, 2001, 2021 schedule up in Ireland. Then they come back and play Virginia, I think, there. So their schedule is going to be brutal, so they better get some guys. But I wonder, you mentioned the cliff. Levy Smith could have saved himself quite a bit with this team. Daley Harding played as a freshman for no reason. Right. Played on special teams, no reason. Stanley Green played on special teams, um, played some defense. Again, right. for a team that was not very good. When right. you look back on those, it's pretty, uh, you know, you, you redshirted it. Yeah. They should have redshirted about five or six guys that are going to be gone next year that should be here. Well, we had two or three guys. You know, I was – Coach McMahon came to me as a freshman and said, we want to use you on special teams. Now, I got hurt in my ankle okay. uh, my my freshman year, which is the best thing at camp. I got so hurt. you would have been gone. Ke- Ke- Kevin Mitchell got hurt. Right. Chris Norwell, he was a weird thing where they didn't know if they wanted to play him at tackle or this. He kind of got out of Up position in the yeah. defensive tackle. So a lot of those players stayed. Now, Dave Clawson, to your point, the Wake Forest coach, it's almost exclusively red-shirted. Why Listen, wouldn't you? you got to red-shirt you. We don't, we don't need you. And, and now with the red-shirt rule, it's easier than ever. Sound real. Right? You have the four games. I mean, that is an unbelievable. Get some live action, but let's not burn a redshirt. Right. I would agree. I, I think you got to be smarter with it. Go for the long haul. Wisconsin does a great job of doing that. It's criminal that Dale A. Harding is not going to be back next year. It's, oh, just, it's insane he's not going to be back. Right. They wasted it for, for no reason. And right. I, I would say this coaching staff messed that up. Yeah, I, here, here's the deal. You have to be very, very careful about how you use some of your freshmen. Oh, because they're to. definitely going to be better in that fifth year than they are that first year. Right. Going back to the, the defense a little bit, obviously the hallmark of, of Levy Smith's defense is takeaways and forcing turnovers. But what concerns do you have when they aren't able to do that like we saw in the bowl game and we saw against Northwestern? I mean, I'm, I'm really concerned because they, 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 without turnovers, they don't win. Illinois doesn't win without turnovers. And I think it's great to have turnovers, and I think they are the great equalizer between untal- I mean, more talented and less talented teams. But the reality is this. you got to also be able – I read Bob's article one time. He said, getting a punt isn't all that bad either. You know, you know getting a three and out, getting, getting them, holding them to four or five plays and making them right. punt, right? It's not that bad. We have not been able to get off the field as a defense consistently enough by just stopping people – and I don't know if that's going to change. I, I, I hope it changes. But what ends up happening is you got a Chase Garber that's just picking you apart, right? I just kept getting that old – you know, when I was growing up on WDWS, I listened to the Garber's Cleaner's Clean joke of the day. <laughs> and I was watching Chase Garber play against Illinois, and I was like, what's the joke about Chase Garber's and the Garber's Cleaner's Clean joke of the day? That's in the 90s for you. Steve Kelly was around then too. What's up? <laughs> question the audience. I, I have a question uh, with regards to – the takeaways, and we seem to be living and dying with our takeaways. Yes. And I wonder if our tackling doesn't uh, suffer yeah. sometime because we're looking for takeaways, and maybe we should be putting on the ground first. Buy this man a beer and get him up on this stage. Guys, <laughs> uh, here's, here's the reality. Uh, that's exactly right. We, we see guys going after the ball, and they're not even wrapping up the guy, and then the guy runs for seven, seven more yards. Uh, uh, Haskins, the guy uh, – 
uh, Hakeem uh, Haskins, the guy for Michigan, the running back. There's four or five guys trying to strip. Meanwhile, he runs for 25 yards and a touchdown on the same play. I'm like, guys, wrap the guy up, okay? Then the second guy comes in and punch it out, okay? Do I think they're doing a good job coaching it? Yes, but sometimes, man, the yards after contact are egregious. Like, get the guy on the ground. And, and that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Tons of hidden yardage, and we look like we're not that physical of a team. We try to rake the ball out. Pop the guy one or two times, and then have your buddy come and rake it in, rake it out. How much live tackling did you do in practice? I mean, I like to do. I, I mean, Zook liked to live tackle at oh, least yeah. some uh, in camp, a lot of live tackle. And then, you know, a lot of times when we did our nine on seven, which is basically just the inside run drill with the offensive line and us, even if it wasn't live tackle, you had guys taking, it, taking guys down. And for me, I truly believe what Mark – I had a chance to talk to Mark D'Antonio. Mark D'Antonio at Michigan State, head coach, he's had some rough years. He's a great defensive mind, though. I think we can all agree. And he said, I, we really believe that tackling is a skill. I will believe that, too. You can't ask guys to bring guys to the ground um, that are college football players. These aren't pros. They're still learning their craft. And ask them to do that in a game. It's like asking a guy – who only shoots 15-footers, hey, go step up beyond the arc and, and hit threes. But you haven't shot any threes all week. But I expect you to hit threes and don't miss threes. My thing is this. I, I need to rep my craft. And I need – there's tons of bodies on a college football team, right? There's freshmen out there and scout team guys that are supposed to be tackled. So work on tackling those guys. That's how you earn your keep. You don't got to tackle starters. I get you don't want to tackle Reggie Corbin, but let me tackle the guy who's not going to play this year. <laughs> right? Because even if I hurt him, he's going to play until next year. No offense. I mean, everybody's got their role. Listen, my whole first year, I was a pancake dummy. Basically, the offensive line just pancaked me. Bucky Babcock, Duke Preston, right? I was on the ground all the time. They didn't feel bad for me, and they were working their craft. They, you know, laughed, they laughed at you. They, they laughed at me, and that's the ownership that you take as I'm paying my dues. Whatever happened to paying your dues, you can hit guys that are freshmen. They're not going to play on Saturday. Hit them. How you feeling, Jay? <laughs> kind of hot and bothered. Levy <laughs> Smith on the line. I'm kidding. But, he, yeah, he doesn't believe that. I guess that's from the NFL background. But, again, I think you're right. That's the best way to learn is to do it. But if I'm in an NFL, I've played padded football literally for 15 years at some point, you know? Right. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a pro. You're right. That's all exactly. I do. Right. And if I, if, and, and if I want some, some equipment manager in the NFL to pad up for me and I want to do live tackles, they'll do that for the starting linebacker, right? right? The reality is this. They get what they need and they're pros. That's all they're focused on. I'm a college kid. I got two hours of practice a day. And then I got to go out in front of how many fans and how many people watched on TV. And the worst sound in all of college football is when you're on the field and you miss a tackle, you don't hear many sounds at all, but you hear the, oh, yeah, man, that looked bad, right? That just is like a knife to the heart to a linebacker. And you never want that to happen. But it's difficult for that not to happen if you can't do it live. Right. So I agree. Yeah. Scott Ritchie is uh, slowly moving his chair away <laughs> Away from you. Worried that Jay's going to practice on Scott. <laughs> We've got I'll, I'll be that freshman that gets tackled. <laughs> We've got time for that. If you tons of bodies out there. I get it. There's tons of bodies. Let's hit some of them. Real quick, let's uh, look at the Big Ten West 2020. Yeah. How do you size that up? Well, you know, Wisconsin lost a ton. Right. Jonathan Taylor's gone. And Tyler Biotis, who I thought was the best center in football last year, I thought he was that good, gone. And uh, they got some receivers coming back. Um, you know, they'll, they'll have Jack Cohn coming back. So uh, 
they, they're always solid. People thought they'd be down. I, I think they'd be in the running. I think Minnesota with Tanner Morgan um, will win games. I don't see them winning 11 games. I think the question is, is can Scott Frost turn the corner in year three? Because I think they could beat somebody. Iowa's good for eight or nine wins. Purdue is a wild card. They fired Nick Holt. You know, if there's a good defensive coordinator on the market, if we're looking for a defensive I like Nick Holt a lot. He's coached a lot of different places. Coached at USC under those great defenses. He's done a lot with a little at Purdue. Got a bad rap at Purdue this year. Lorenzo Neal, their best defensive tackle out the whole year. Marcus Bailey gets hurt the second game. I mean, they lost a lot defensively, but I like what Nick Holt did. He's got replaced by Bob Diaco. We'll see what happens there. Northwestern, according to Pat Fitzgerald, says, hey, we're not going to be down long. We feel like we've got it figured out. We're getting better near the end of the season. Got a chance to do their second or third game, their, their, their third to last game of the season, and he thinks they're going to be back. So I think everybody always says we're improving. I mean, some teams are going to drop like we saw at Northwestern Nebraska. Other teams are not, and the music's coming on, so I better be quiet. <laughs> That's Jay Lehman, everybody. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay. You always know where you stand with Jay Lehman. We appreciate it. Thanks to Bob Osmussen, Scott Ritchie, Matt Daniels, Ed Bond here, all the folks coming out uh, to the Esquire, coming up on uh, DWS, Prep Sports Confidential, the Brad Underwood Show coming up a little bit later on this evening. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back with you again next Monday. The college football playoff title game tonight, LSU and Clemson, gets underway at 7 o'clock. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. <laughs>